up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, Monday morning. It is March 11, 2019. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is a super friend, super special edition of this podcast because Antonio Brown uh, has been traded for the fifth time in several days. First off, though, I would note we are on Spotify now. If you like your podcast there, go subscribe. And if you, you know, if you like your podcast elsewhere, go subscribe there too. Make sure to rate and review. If you like the podcast, those ratings and those reviews help us. Uh, joining me today to break down all things A, B, Job Ranger Ryan Wilson. What's up, guys? Wonder Twin Powers activate. You, you guys know what that is? Remember that? Uh, you, How? Yeah, the Hardy, yeah. Hardy Boys. Okay, I stop it. <laughs> um, Do you recognize that? Yeah, what are the Wonder Twins again? They're on Super Friends, dum dum. You just said Super Friends coming into this thing. Oh, well, whatever. Um, Wonder, or they were later on in the. Super I'm really Friends more. Up. I'm really more of a Captain Planet guy. So bleep you, buddy. Earth, wind, fire, water. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Antonio Brown apparently traded, according to reports. Can we? If, if he hasn't. It's not official. If the Steelers, I guess Drew Rosenhaus has discussed it. Like this is the weird I thing. Mean, about Antonio th- put a picture of himself on Twitter of him in a Raiders uniform. So I think it is fair to say we have to cite reports. Okay, right? They, yeah, but the, it's not official till Wednesday. The 13th, yeah, we can't be official till Wednesday the thirteenth. Uh, this Wednesday at four p.m. when the new league year begins. Hard to believe that free agency actually starts in forty-eight hours. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast right now on a Monday, you're thinking to yourself, "Man." Free agency feels like it's already starting. There's going to be a lot of action on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we will be banging out podcasts, I think. Um, I haven't asked John and Ryan, but they're going to be doing a lot of podcasts. They don't know it yet. Uh, throughout the week, as we wrap up each day of free agency, Breach just gave me a, oh, great, my wife's going to murder me look. To Antonio Brown, though. Well, our long, we did it with a new haircut, so it looks, it's okay. That's right. You do look good with that new haircut breach. Uh, our long national nightmare is over. Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders for what has been reported to be a third round pick in 2000 and a fifth, and a fifth round pick in 2019. That's correct. <laughs> I was going to add that. Um, how does this make you feel as a Steelers fan, Ryan? I mean, like what, like, cause it's hard not to be disappointed by it in my well, mind. I mean, this is a disaster for the Steelers. Point blank. JLC said probably two or three weeks ago that the Steelers wanted first round value, quote unquote, and that mm-hmm. was down from the first round pick they wanted uh, in the weeks part of that. And the more AB talked and the more that he sort of swung in the wind, the clearer it became to me that they weren't going to get very much for him. So I've been saying for a couple weeks now, if they got a third round pick, they should grab it and run. And I'll just leave you with what I wrote Sunday when I did sort of a breaking down who won the trade. I wrote that for CBSSports.com. And I'll let you guys guess what grades I have uh, for. Let's start with the Oakland Raiders. Mm. What would you give the Oakland Raiders? I would you... let, quickly before I before you guess. So obviously they get Antonio Brown. They gave up the third and the fifth round pick, and they gave Antonio Brown a bunch of new money, thirty million guaranteed. Uh, he had no guarantees left in that deal, and is he's now the highest paid receiver at nineteen point eight million a year. So uh, what grade would you give the the Oakland Raiders? Will? So, uh, I will give the Oakland Raiders a uh, B plus, and I think you probably gave him a C plus. What do you, what would you give him, John? Uh, uh, I hate to, to say this, but I agree with Brent. I go B plus also. I can't give him an A because you're giving a 31 year old dude 30 million dollars guaranteed. If there's one thing you can't do in the NFL, it is give a guy his age and guaranteed money, especially if he's over 30. That's I gave like rule number one. I gave Whoa. an A, so I wasn't far wow. off. Wow! All right. But someone pointed out on Twitter, and I don't have it in front of me, so I apologize for not knowing it is. But they said the, the the Raiders didn't want to give. Khalil Mack in his prime, twenty three point nine million a year, but they will give thirty one year old Antonio Brown nineteen point eight million a year. I, I saw, I saw several people point that out. It is curious. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I look, I think if you're the Raiders, kudos to you for not giving – you have four picks in the top 35. And we'll talk more about the Raiders. This is going to be a, a lot of Antonio Brown chatter because, really, that's the big news. But kudos to the Raiders for not giving up one of those top four picks. Or those four picks in the top 35. I think it's a big win for them. Um, they basically – this is the second time they traded for a, a troubled receiver for various different reasons from the Steelers. Remember, they gave up the number 79 overall pick to the Steelers to get Martavis Bryant. They got – Antonio Brown for the same price as Martavis Bryant. What the hell? I mean, that's that's crazy to me. I don't know that. Like, I mean, I I give Mike Mayock a lot of credit here. I think, and I, I we don't well, know. Rosenhaus was on NFL Network on Sunday, and he gave Mike Mayock a lot of credit, which gives me pause. <laughs> Makes me think <laughs> Mike Mayock may have been part of the problem. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. But before we go on, let's go finish with the grades real quick. Uh, Steelers. What, what do you what do you give the Steelers? F F and F an absolute <laughs> F an F minus. Uh, I'll give them a D. I'm not going to go with the F minus only because you had to get rid of them. Like this was not going to work. The chemistry was not that the whole locker room would have been blown up if you keep Antonio Brown. And at least you got something, even if it is a third and a fifth round pick, I'm going to go D minus. I won't go full F. I gave him a D uh, for just the obvious. That's because your team, man. You should give him an F. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to fail people. All right. And finally, uh, Antonio Brown, what'd you give Antonio Brown, Johnny? Uh, an A plus. I mean, that guy just fleeced the system, fleeced the Steelers for anything that they are worth. Like the Steelers are literally eating twenty one million dollars in dead cap this year, so that Antonio Brown can play for the Raiders and make thirty million guaranteed. If that's not the best uh, thing that's ever happened to an NFL player ever financially, I mean, that's just he threw the Steelers under the bus and then reversed and then did it again. I mean, that was just Yeah, Jerome Bess is driving it in in Detroit, probably. Um, I'll give him two pluses, A plus plus, because he quit on his team, bailed out, created all this drama, sat down with the Roonies in the offseason. Like weeks ago, they told him, hey, look, dude, will you just chill? You're making it difficult to trade you, and you're submarining your trade value. He ramped it up after that. Completely blitzkrieged his trade value, refused to go to Buffalo, refused to come back to Pittsburgh, didn't want to work with the Steelers, got to go to Oakland for a, like, and like, didn't even hurt the Raiders in the process of getting there, and then got a new contract. It's remarkable how the Steelers have lost both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and they're going to come out with like two third round picks, basically. I mean, if they get a comp pick for, for Le'Veon Bell, this is a nightmare for the Steelers. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it looks terrible, and you hate to lose two of your best players. But they should have gone to the playoffs last year without Le'Veon Bell. James Conner wasn't the problem. Quickly though, uh, one more, a few more ways that the Steelers were screwed by Antonio Brown as he moonwalked out of town. He got his twelve million dollar year raise, the twenty one million dollar cap hit they have to take on. You pointed out. Also, JLC reported that if he had agreed to go to the Browns, I'm excuse me, the Bills, the Bills were going to flip the ninth and the twelfth, twentieth pick. So the Steelers would have the ninth overall pick, give up Antonio Brown. They could have drafted Devin White if they wanted to at LSU. DK Mecca, anybody with that ninth pick. And now they're stuck with the third and the fifth, which I don't care who you are, who you, who's doing the math. That ain't first round value. It's, and it is, I, you gotta give Drew Rosenhaus credit too, because he managed to get in the Bills ear and let them know, like, look, 
Antonio's not going to show up if you try and send him to Buffalo. And it lo- I mean, what a turn of events. Drew Rosenhouse said he didn't know anything about that. That's what he told Andrew Siciliano. Mm, yeah, I, I bet he did say that. I mean, what a turn of events because I – and mean, we should back up just a minute and, and point out because I didn't mention this on Friday's podcast. But on Thursday night, there was a report from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network that or NFL Media that Antonio Brown had been traded to the Bills. And this is like the craziest situation. It's so – it's a very 2019 situation, this report comes out. Um, no one else reported it. And, you know, like, at, you know, at, at, like everybody's on Twitter. Like, I mean, people were, I guess people weren't, op- they were openly saying this. I was sort of DM with some people. It's like, it's like, so you're telling me that like, Rap Sheet's the only guy who's got this. And everybody from Buffalo, everybody from Pittsburgh, uh, Adam Schefter, Jason Lacafora, um, you know, Jay Glazer, everyone else is asleep. Like, they're just all, or like, or they're all drunk. They're out drunk or asleep. Like, Schefter's slinging back a bottle of red. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and no one else is reporting this. And it felt a little fishy. And indeed it was. And Breach, it, it ended up being a thing where the trade didn't happen. AB's on Instagram writing fake news. It was a trade. Then it wasn't a trade. It, it, it was a crazy situation. That was a total circus. And that's the thing is like, I think we probably only got four hours of sleep over the past four days because now it was, Who's on Antonio Brown trade watch tonight? Because who knew what was going to blow up Friday night? You got to stay up till 3 a.m. Saturday night, you got to stay up till 3 a.m. And the thing with the Bills was that I think my favorite part of that was all the jokes we got. And I know you mentioned it, Brenton, was like, even if the trade didn't go down, I will always remember the day that Antonio Brown almost got traded to the Bills because Twitter just turned into just a riot of tweets uh, making fun of the city of Buffalo, making fun of Antonio Brown, uh, making fun of Rappaport. Uh, it was just making fun of anybody they could think of and then throwing it out there in a tweet. So it was a pretty, pretty entertaining uh, 90 minutes, I would say. Or I guess probably four hours from about 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. till people went to bed. Um, I I want to give Ian Rappaport credit where credit's due. Uh, he completely whiffed on this. If Ryan's making a face, like, what are you talking about? That dude has been tweeting through it ever since, and like oh, yeah. every single reply is, uh, "We'd like to wait for Schefter on this one," or like you know, like, it's like, "Are you sure Laser about that?" Focused. Yeah, I mean, like, I would if I missed on that scoop, and like, I mean, like you, may, you know, hit rate's not going to be perfect. It is, it is frustrating that there's not more accountability in this department across the entire industry, not just Rappaport, but like, you know, I mean, like, you wish you would like to see that report not come out like you would like to you know what i mean i mean don't you agree is that is that is that no you don't care i guarantee you he'll he'll, maybe he won't i don't know it is weird that you work for the actual company that is owned by all 32 nfl teams and this this one you missed on i don't but i mean look it's thursday night he got he got his i'm sure he doesn't feel great about it maybe he'll do better next time i don't know that's where i'm at i i just think it's frustrating like you i mean i don't know well imagine being antonio brown or Josh Allen getting crapped on again, minding his own business. I mean, first it was <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, and now it's Antonio Brown. The guy's eating, a, you know, a quesadilla like Pete Prisco on a Thursday night, and his phone's blowing up because some wide receiver hates him so much he doesn't want to go to Buffalo. And he hates the city of Buffalo. Let me just say, for all you Buffalo listeners out there, I love Buffalo. I've only been there once, and I got snowed in at my hotel with Joey McIntyre of New Kids on the Block. One of the most fantastic experiences of my life. So uh, if if that had been me, I would have gone to Buffalo in a second. But that, that, I don't. I'm not in Antonio's ear. That's the most breach story of all time. Second most after going to see Britney Spears on your birthday by yourself in Las Vegas. That's creepy. Um, okay, so 
Yeah, that whole Bills thing happened, and then, you know, Friday, we were talking before the podcast, Breach was up to like 3 a.m. Eastern time, waiting to see if Antonio Hey, can Richard... I ask something real quick? Sure. Are the Bills better off with Antonio Brown? Because I have a theory. I think I think the Bills dodged a bullet there. 100%. I, I think if you had traded number nine for Antonio Brown and number 20, I mean, I understand the idea that you got to get the talent. How, the, the concerning thing, if I'm, if I'm a Bills fan, is that they were considering doing that trade when the next best offer the Steelers could get was a third round pick from the Raiders. Like what is Brandon, what kind of, Brandon Bean appears to be playing a uh, low rent level checkers game because he traded a uh, third round pick for Kelvin Benjamin before and almost gave up the number nine overall pick. And great, he's getting 20 back in, in theory, but I mean, anything more than a third round pick at this point, you look like an idiot if you were offering. But, that well, up. hold on. The other, the flip side of that is Bean didn't know it was going on a negotiation. So in his head, he's like, I don't have to give up my first round pick. I literally just drop 11 spots and I get Antonio Brown. Like from that perspective on Thursday night, he's like, Hey, I'm getting a steal. Why wouldn't I do this? But now in hindsight, we see these negotiations are, uh, he definitely, if we make a whole list of 40 winners and losers in this whole charade that went down this entire week, uh, Brandon Bean's definitely on the losers list. Oh, maybe the winners list because he didn't. He's no, he's I don't know. I don't know. It goes both ways. Antonio Brown's a, a turd and he, He's a fan. Look, he's the best, one of the five best players in the NFL. Five but if he doesn't want to show up and if he wants to divide the locker room, then that's, and it, it's one thing if you're the Steelers where you have players where you can win. And Antonio Brown, I don't want to make it sound like he, he's hurting that team, but I feel like in the wrong locker room, he could blow the whole thing up. He, I mean, imagine week three, Josh Allen skips like the fifth pass in Antonio Brown's feet and he's just like, He's just standing there and he just walks off the field, like storms away, too pissed off to deal with it. I mean, yeah, he would, he would be a disaster in Buffalo. I like the idea of the Steelers sending him to Buffalo though. Um, and, I love that. Yeah, and I was sit, laughing. So, yeah, it was hilarious. He's like sending him to Siberia, like enjoy this. This is what you get for being a punk, yada, yada, yada. And now instead he's going to Oakland where he, I mean, this is a huge win. You talk about winners, losers. Derek Carr is a big winner here. Uh, let me ask you this. In the short term. In the sh- short term. Okay. For the same reasons you point out. Look, Ben Roethlisberger targeted Antonio Brown 45 times a game. And when he wasn't targeted, even when the Steelers were winning, he threw a fit. Go watch a Kansas City game last year in week two or three whenever they got blown out early and had to come back and threw the ball a lot. Or go watch the Ravens game in 2017 where he was throwing Gatorade bottles on the sideline when they were winning that game. So if – look, by the way, I've seen Antonio Brown have to play with Landry Jones. He wasn't happy about that. So Derek Carr is clearly better than Landry Jones. But what if Derek Carr hits a slump? And again, he's airmailing balls or skipping balls and, and not getting the ball to Antonio Brown like he wants to get it to. I don't know if you guys, you guys must remember this. When Keyshawn was all up in Gruden's face about giving me the damn ball and Gruden just sort of walked away from it back when they're in Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that four or five times next year with Gruden walking <laughs> away because he wasn't happy Antonio was with the, with the, the number of looks he was getting. So I don't think he cares about winning and losing, but if he gets a 10 catches a game, maybe he'll be fine, but that's something you have to factor into the offensive game plan every week. Well, uh, the other part of this Derek Carr thing, you know, last night or Saturday night when he's going through, all of a sudden he has this huge bromance with Antonio Brown. And, and the irony here is that Derek Carr might not be their quarterback. What if they go and trade for Kyler Murray in the draft and all of a sudden Derek Carr doesn't even get to play with Antonio Brown? And, and then imagine being a rookie walking in that situation. You're going to feel like you have to throw every single pass to Antonio Brown or he's going to be all up in your face. So uh, I think that drafting Kyler Murray – even bigger risk now if that's the route the Raiders go since Antonio Brown's on the roster. Uh, worth noting that on the Raiders last year, 
there were seven guys who had more than 25 tar- uh, yeah, twenty five targets, um, and only one guy who had more than 100 targets. It was Jared Cook, and he led the team with 101 targets. Antonio Brown, over the last uh, six years, how many targets do you think he has averaged? Well, he had more, more than 100 catches in each of those years, so yeah. more than 1,200 yards and 67 touchdowns. Cause I just did that on Sunday, did the math, but the targets are clearly north of 100 each year. Uh, 130. 171 targets. Oh, my God. I don't. So guess how this is going to turn out. I I, I think that's a really good point, Ryan. I don't know if there's enough volume to sustain. Because here's the deal. Look, Antonio Brown got paid, so that's great. Like, you made him the highest paid wide receiver in football. Uh, He can't complain that he's not getting his, you know, his his, the cash he deserves for for the production that he's put out there. Uh, He did look like he'd slowed down a little bit. And it is possible that Antonio Brown's stats are not what they have been in Oakland. I would be very surprised uh, if we see. Well, let's do over under real quick. And okay. Someone write, John, write this down or remember it so we can talk about it in um, December. What What are going to be his final receptions? Well, let's do over or, under. Over. I mean, do you want to do over under his average uh, for the is last? This bef- his receptions before Derek Carr the team. <laughs> his receptions when they trade for Jay Gruden to play quarterback. How about how yeah. How about this? Here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to use Stephen O's numbers from Sportsline.com, his fantasy projection. These will be the CBSSports.com projections, too, actually, powered by Sportsline. Uh, you should go check out Sportsline.com. You can get RJ's picks during the NFL season. Tons of great info and news and, and, and college basketball picks. Great spot to fill out your bracket, Sportsline.com. Eh, throw, use promo code TOUCHDOWN or something like that. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. What the Pick promo six code. pod. I don't think we have a promo code. Uh, you can try promo code WILL. Or, or use promo code white. Get RJ those subscriptions. Um, but go to sportsline.com. Free, you get your first month for a buck if you use that promo code and you can get your bracket, uh, bracket analyzed there. Here, all right, let's do over under receptions 101. Under. Under. 74 is what came to mind. 88 is what wow. came to mind for me. And if he gets 74, he's quitting the team. He, he'll leave his money on the table. Are you writing these down, Breach? He'll wrestle John Gruden on the field. If he gets 74 receptions, over, I mean, that's going to turn into a fight. Over, like Sylvester Stallone and over the top. Over under 1,294 receiving yards. Under. Wait, what's Brinson? Brinson, what's your prediction for, uh, receptions? receptions? Um, come back to me. I, do that. I mean, right. we did. Wilson went and I went, so now it's your turn. <laughs> there's, there's no coming back. Okay. Um, you're up. I will say, uh, Jeez, it's not that hard. I'm trying, 88 and 74. I'm going to say under. Um, I don't think that this is, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to hit it. I'm looking at, so by the way, 2008 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just looking at the, Antonio Bryant led the team with 83 catches and 1,248 yards. This is Gruden's last, uh, you know, these are his last teams. Um, and, uh, Joey Galloway led the team in 2007 with 98 targets. This is a disaster. I think he doesn't have, uh, the, he doesn't have the target. He like to run the ball too, so. Um, Joey Galloway, Joey Galloway, I will say, uh, over 101 catches. Well, you just said under. I said you want under. I'll say 95. Oh, God. Okay. Under. Uh, over, under 1,294 receiving yards, Ryan. Wait, what was your exact prediction? 95. Okay. That's under, but we won't <laughs> hold you to it. Yeah, he, he doesn't know what over and under means. Uh, 1,200 yards, you said? Uh, well, 1,294. That's too high. I'm going to say 948. 74-948. Oh, my God. I, that There's going to be riots in Oakland if he does not hit 1,000. Um, over, under, I'll say, I'll say under on that, too. I think it'll be, 
11, I'll say 11, 11. How about that? So just 100 yards under his average with, or slightly under 100 yards under his average with the Steelers over the last six years. That's, that's it. I mean, the Raiders yes. stink on defense. They're going to have to throw the football. Antonio Brown I'll is say, good. I'm going to, I'm going to go 12 one and wow. it's going to, because like 400 of them are going to come in the two games against the Chiefs because of the Chiefs defense so bad. So you think he's, how many receptions did you say, John? 88? Yeah. 88 for 12. What's the math there? Don't tell me what the math is. I don't want to know. I'm doing it. It's 13 yards per catch, which is actually his average over the last six years. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even plan that out. Yeah, that, 74. That, what's 74, 948? Does that sound similar to 13? Um, no, that's, no, that's, that's 12.8. So okay. that's pretty okay. close. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you, you got yardage too. Brenton, what's touchdowns? Uh, over under nine touchdowns. Brenton's that's... average is 11.7 if, if his numbers pay. Wow. Me. I'm going to go nine on the dot. I like nine. Um, he's averaged, uh, 11.2 touchdowns over the last six years. I will say five. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, who are those touchdowns going to? Derek Carter going to throw it to himself? Maybe, well, that's maybe, the thing. Maybe, it, maybe, it, maybe it, there's all this talk now that, hey, maybe the Raiders should sign Le'Veon Bell. If that happens, that will be a disaster because he will, right. he'll be pilfering all those red zone catches, red zone touchdowns from Antonio Bell and then, I, who knows what happens at that point? Well, that, that was my next question, and we'll come back to Tony Brown in a second. But I guess and my he, prediction for touchdowns is seven. Okay. okay. So, and this is what I'm going to write about. I was going to write about this as the podcast post that I write on Monday because I was I, I mentioned this last week. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about. It. I can't remember if it was this podcast or something else. If the rate, I think it was this podcast. If the Raiders go out and sign Le'Veon Bell, which is not a crazy idea, and then they use two of their first round picks on, let's say they get Quinnen Williams. Um, TJ Hawkinson at 24, which was, might be a, that might be a stretch. Uh, and then another wide receiver or, a, or maybe a, a pass rusher at 27. Here, do you want to hear, you want to hear a preview of my two yeah, round mock for yeah, Monday? Yeah, yeah. Winning Williams at number four. Mm-hmm. Byron Murphy, cornerback at 24. Ja'Kai Polite at 27, because if you're getting Antonio Brown and even Le'Veon Bell, who cares? Might as well go crazy. And then at 35, it is no fan. So there you go. Um, that would be incredible. If they get Noah Fant, Ja'Kai Polite is, eh, okay, whatever. He's going to be, look, watch him play. You're like, oh, this guy's really good. No, he's no, a terrible interview. Yeah, yeah, he's had a bad interview. If they go Noah Fant, Quinnen Williams, Ja'Kai Polite, and Byron Murphy, sign Le'Veon Bell, and then added Antonio Brown, which they've already done via trade, I mean, people That's are going to. That's an eight-win team. Maybe. Maybe not. Seven win team. It's a it's a tough division because you have the Chiefs and you have the Chargers uh, and the Broncos. And you have Joe Flacco. But I mean, like, <laughs> there's going to be somebody out there that's talking themselves into the Raiders being good, right? If that happens. Well, the over under is going to be on wins is going to be six point eight. What are you taking? I think it'll be seven and a half if they go outside. Well, I would six point eight be six point five. Yeah, six point. Yeah. What'd um, you say? I, it'll be seven and a half. I think the over under will be seven and a half if they sign Le'Veon Bell and then add Noah Fant and some defenders and. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know what I would do there. I would take the under. Yeah, I guess. But like, this makes total sense to me because if you think about what John Gruden, like, think about John Gruden's mindset. I think he went into this thinking, all right, I can win enough games. You know, we'll we'll be dangerous. My coaching is we're going to coach him up, and uh, you know, we'll you know we'll, we'll get we'll draft all these young guys. They'll be they'll be hitting the the like right when we get to Vegas, they'll be like hitting their primes. We'll be developing them. We'll be rolling. And then he had that disaster season last year. He was like, "F it, I am get I am going in. We are signing Bell. We are 
trading for Brown. We are drafting some studs. This offense is going to be good. My reputation took a massive hit last year, and last year sucked. We're going to be dominant. What do you think about that? Let me ask you this. If they get Le'Veon Bell, John, what are they going to pay him? I mean, are they pay, are they going to be the idiots to, to, to break the bank and pay him 15 or $16 million? I mean, there's no way. There's just no way you can wrap up that kind of money into your receiver, your running back, when you theoretically also have Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin. I mean, those guys are old, but if they're still on the roster, if they're still playing, and I think Le'Veon's getting $12 million tops. I could see the Raiders paying that. And if they say, hey, we'll give you $30 million guaranteed, but you're only getting $12 million a year for three years, uh, so 30 of 36 is guaranteed or something like that, I could see him taking less. Uh, I do not think the Raiders are paying Le'Veon Bell seventeen million. I don't think anyone's paying Le'Veon Bell seventeen million. I I just I just think that Le'Veon Bell is going to want to be reunited with Antonio Brown in this Oakland situation. He's going to say, "Man, these Raiders are willing to spend now to try and win," and then th- and that this is going to end up becoming a thing. And we're going to be talking about like Pittsburgh West or something like that. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I, it feels like a not a. It's not a lock. I mean, he could still get more money from the Jets, but it really feels like the Raiders might try and push in and be like, all right, look, if Pittsburgh doesn't want these A-list stars, we will take them. How about that? Wilson, who would you say is the bigger diva, Brown or Brinson? Oh, Brinson. Same close. Oh, please. You should see. What? You should see what I say about you on Snapface. Uh, <laughs> so uh, That doesn't load on my phone. All right, so from the from – the, I mean – from the Steelers' perspective, I mean, where, like, where, actually, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, then we'll do the Steelers' perspective. Hold on. One second. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so from the Steelers' perspective, what, I mean, like, what, how do you how do you reconcile what has happened, Ryan? I mean, I, I get that you're like sort of just at this point tired of, of dealing with those guys, and I understand that, but you just let two homegrown superstar talents walk out the door in the final years of Ben Roethlisberger's career. It feels like – and, and well, We I, don't know that. He could play forever. Please. He might be – By be, the way, pro football talk has been sort of hinting on this. I don't know how much validity, validity there is, but uh, Mike Florio has a theory that it was either A.B. goes or I'm going, and I being Ben Roethlisberger, because he was thinking about retiring last year. Mm. And uh, now he's, you know, maybe this pushed him over the edge, and that maybe perhaps is why the Steelers only got a third and a fifth, because they just wanted to move on from him. I don't know if I buy it wholly, because they had a chance to get that ninth overall pick from the Bills. It just, uh, the money didn't work out, and clearly uh, Bell, uh, Brown didn't want to go to Buffalo. But here's the thing, look. They tried to pay Le'Veon Bell, and they tried to pay him more than what John thinks he's going to get, and I tend to agree with John when he finally signs a deal in a few weeks or whenever. James Conner uh, uh, stepped up as a third-round pick, and he's fine. 
your boy Jalen Samuel was more than adequate as the backup there. So that's not a real – that's a watch. Now, replacing Antonio Brown is going to be a different story. Juju Smith-Schuster isn't the same player without Antonio on the field. You hope James Washington steps up. He didn't have a very good rookie season. So what's plan B? And that will involve – a lot of Steelers people want the Steelers to sign um, John Brown, the burner out of the Cardinals who played with the Ravens last year and wasn't very good. I, I, that's not, it doesn't seem like something you want to waste money on. JLC likes Jameson Crowder. I like that more as an option. Um, but also I had them, uh, another sneak peek in the second round. You want to take guesses on who I had them drafting? Wide receiver, wide receiver. Calvin. Someone Harmon. with the last name Brown. No, not Marquise. AJ. Cousin, which would be awesome. Calvin Harmon. Uh, he went earlier. He actually went in the first round, I think. Oh, okay. And, um, Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. I like that. He's a mini. He is not Antonio Brown, but he does a lot of the things Antonio Brown does. He's a four-down player. Can turn punts. Yada yada yada, and he doesn't have to be the guy. You can put him out there and and let him sort of work alongside Juju and and uh, James Harris, uh, James Washington. But again, you're not replacing Antonio Brown with one, two, three, five players. No, I mean that's the problem. And I, I mean, like I think it's entirely possible that Juju Smith-Schuster outproduces Antonio Brown from a statistical standpoint in 2019, and that James Conner outproduces Le'Veon Bell from a statistical standpoint. In that 2019. is exactly what Jamie Eisenberg said on Sunday morning. Mm, stole that uh, from me. Yeah, yeah, right. He did. But uh, the I fantasy guru stole that from Will Brinson. But the point, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, well, let me ask Wilson this question, since he is definitely the Steelers expert here, and it is. Like the Steelers' offense is basically designed to get as many touches to you know, Le'Veon Bell always putting up huge numbers, Antonio Brown always putting up huge numbers, and it seems more a product of Roethlisberger and the offense than them being, you know, obviously they're great players, but it's because they're in a great system for them. And so my question, Wilson, is what skill players have ever left Pittsburgh and gone on to thrive somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I mean is I- there anyone? Is there anyone? That's the other thing. So um, Mike Wallace, no. Uh, Plexka Burst, had a, he was okay in New York. He had that Super Bowl winning catch. That's a huge thing. But he didn't have a great career once he left. Manny Sanders is the exception. But he played with Peyton Manning. And, um, you know, he's going to be a free agent too probably. He's recovering from the injury. But by and large, people leave and they're, they're doo-doo. So, <laughs> and, and Antonio Brown's 31. Or he's going to be in a few months. And he's playing in a, I, I can't stress this enough. When he had to catch passes from Landry Jones, he lasted about one or two pass plays, and he was throwing a fit. So I don't understand how magically John Gruden and Derek Carr fixed that problem. If he were going to, to New England, that's one thing. If he were going to Green Bay, that's something else. If he were going to Buffalo, he, like, he wouldn't have gone. We saw how that worked out. But, yeah, so I'm fine with the Steelers moving on from him. He's a huge loss. There's no. I'm not going to rewrite history. He was awesome. But I think you can – someone was talking about this on NFL Network. I can't remember who it was. But maybe this offense now becomes more like what Tom Brady does, where you just sort of dink and dunk your way down the field. It helps the defense keeping them off the field as well. They can draft some defensive players, hopefully get, hopefully get better there. But even if you get uh, a wide receiver in the second or third round that can help you, it won't replace Antonio's production. But maybe – and, Will, you hit into this. That is good news for Juju Smith-Schuster. Don't forget Vance McDonald also. He's going to have a be a big part of what they do. He's – I mean, Southie, he's, he's really good and also someone that Ben could target more now that Antonio isn't whinging on the sidelines. Uh, worth noting too, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been on the right side of history almost every time when it comes to dealing with these wide receivers and shipping them out. I don't think that Pittsburgh is, is right in that, like, I don't think they can win this trade because no matter what happens, like if Antonio Brown goes crazy and like, uh, you know, quits the NFL entirely, um, 
the Steelers are still going to have a $21 million cap hit for Antonio Brown. On top of Le'Veon's $14 million cap hit. I mean, that's a lot of money they're spending on two superstar guys who aren't going to be there. A lot of money, they're, space they're using. I don't think they necessarily care about the, the cash. But I'll say this. Go back through and look at the history of the Steelers and wide receivers. I mean, Mike Wallace was supposed to get a big deal. And he turned it down. He wanted more money. He wanted to hit free agents. Steelers let him walk. Sixty million is what they offered him. He said nope. And the Steelers gave that cash to uh, Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown became the best receiver in football. Mike Wallace left and was terrible. I mean, he you know, had a nice little you know uh, uh, made a lot of money in Miami, but he didn't do anything. He was awful. He was, he was one of the worst signings. In, do you remember where he got traded after that? To uh, Baltimore. No, Minnesota. No one even remembers that. That's how terrible he was. He did. How do I not remember that? Exactly. And that's the thing with Antonio Brown. So last year, the Steelers threw 689 passes, led the NFL in pass attempts, right? How many passes, without looking up, do you think the Raiders threw? Um, the Steelers led the NFL with 689. I'm going to say that Derek Carr attempted 45 passes last year. <laughs> I will say, uh, see what I say, the top target was Jared Cook at 101, and there were six guys. Couldn't have been much more than that. He was the leading receiver on that team, too. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'll say that Derek Carr attempted 395 passes. Oh, I was going to say Just as the team, as as the entire team. So the Raiders threw 556 passes. Okay. So that is 130 less passes, 130 less chances at targeting Antonio Brown. It, it, but they still threw it a lot. Is he going to be happy playing an offense that threw it 130 less times than the Steelers? He wasn't happy no. in the Steelers' offense. No, the answer is no. A.J. McCarron, three of those passing attempts, by the way. Um, and we look, should have an over under on when this completely blows up, like week nine. No uh, under. Do you think, <laughs> do you think Antonio Brown cares about winning? I mean, that's, no. serious, that's a serious question. I don't think he does either. So like, is he get, but like if they're losing games, if they're one in seven and he's averaging 90 yards a game, is he going to be pissed off? That's not enough. Is, is he getting 12 targets a game or 19? Yeah. 12. No, no, not happy. I mean, he's gonna like he will melt down if they are losing games. I, I don't, yeah. All right, so I don't know. Oh yeah, but Mike Wallace, the history of the Steelers. I don't know how it got derailed there. Um, they did it with they let Emmanuel Sanders walk. They traded Santonio Holmes. He was a disaster for the Jets. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders actually got really good once he left and went to to Denver. So that's maybe on the wrong side, but they didn't. He played with Peyton though. That helps. That's absolutely right. Uh, and he was, he was actually good. He was really good. He had a really good last year too. Uh, but he tore his Achilles. But I mean, like, they, you know, they, they added Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, they have drafted all of these wide receivers, um, and like late in the draft and they've just worked out really well for him. Like if you, if you look at the list of guys that the Steelers have drafted at the wide receiver position in the last few years, Martavis was a fourth round pick. That's right. Sammy Coates was a third round pick who they drafted because they knew that Martavis was going to be in trouble with the the drug suspension. And and he had a good year and a half and they traded him, but he served the purpose as a third rounder comes in, makes plays. And the, the constant there is Roethlisberger. So, if you have a quarterback, the, the lesson is you can sort of – look, to Kevin Colbert's credit, he can find wide receivers. He can't find a cornerback if he was sticking <laughs> Anderson in the face. Here's, by the way, here's here's the list of receivers he's taken recently. James Washington in the second round, uh, 2018. And by the way, he added Jalen Samuels uh, in the in the fifth round. Just as a, a you know, He's listed as a tight end in the draft thing, but you know, it's worth noting. Uh, J- Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round of 2017. Uh, DeMarcus Ayers in 2016 in the seventh round. That didn't pan out. Sammy Coates in the third round of 2015. Um Dre Archer and Martavis Bryant in the th- third and fourth round of 2000. 2000- 
2014. Marcus Sweeten in the third round of 2013. Um, who else did he take? Uh, Tony Clements. Eh. Uh, no. Emmanuel Sanders in the third round. Uh, Antonio yeah, Brown. Picks later, yes. Yeah, I mean, he got a, Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. With the, the year before that was Mike Wallace. That, third uh, round. Yep, that's 100%. Mike Wallace is the third round. And this is a guy who can identify receivers and have them pan out and become really good players for him. And so I don't, I think that you just have to trust that Kevin Colbert is going to be able to repl- not replace Antonio Brown, but be able to get the necessary talent around Ben Roethlisberger so that way the Steelers can maintain their offensive production. And look, at the end of the day, it, it does matter that, that Ben, Ben, Roethlisberger is there, and, and that he is better than Derek Carr. I mean, they're, they're going to be a, they're going to score more points than the Oakland Raiders next year, right? Good Lord. easy, double, double. Yikes. Um, do you think they need to use an early pick on a receiver? No, you don't have to take one in the second round. But since I was only doing a two round mock draft, <laughs> they could take a they could take a linebacker and a cornerback, cornerback and an edge. They could do any number of things because there are guys in the third round and fourth round that could help them. And as you just pointed out, they can find those guys after day two. And be all right there, but I mean, if Debo Samuel's there, whatever the twentieth pick is in the, in the um, second round, I think long and hard about it. I'd also think long and hard about Kelvin Harmon at twenty. I love Kelvin Harmon. He ran a four six. I don't care if you watch him play; he doesn't run a four six. And imagine him opposite Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, that's that's a no brainer in my mind. So the pick they gave up is um, for the in this for Brown is actually number sixty six overall. That's pretty high. I was surprised. Yeah, but I mean, it ain't number nine. No, it's not number nine. Do you, I, I wonder if the Steelers were like, look, we can't take less than what we gave, what we gave you or what you gave us from Arthur's Bryant. <laughs> like, awesome. listen, I understand that you've got us over a barrel here, John. We're giving you Antonio Brown. We're taking a big L. Just give me the third round pick. You got a ton of picks. You're getting Antonio and, and Brown. The other part, imagine negotiations. If Kevin Colbert's sitting there saying, Hey, we have to get a first round pick. And the Raiders are just like, okay, bye, hang up. So Colbert gets desperate, calls the Bills, who are the only team even remotely willing to offer a first-round pick. Then that falls through. Then Colbert's just like, crap, you know, like nobody's offering a first-round pick. We're high and high. What do we do? They get desperate and take the Raiders third and fifth. I mean, this whole was a S show. Yeah, and the Raiders had four picks in the first 35, and the Steelers can get one of those. It's unbelievable. it's unbelievable. I mean, like, like it's a huge win for the Raiders. I, do you think that? And by the way, the Raiders also traded Kalechi Osimile to the uh, to the New York Football Jets on Sunday afternoon. This is gonna, I, this is gonna be a lot of trades coming out in the next forty eight hours or so. So get you know, put on your put on your well, big, put on your big. I do love the last the last two years. It's kind of in a Madden style free agency. Yeah, I mean credit to uh, to uh, NFL. Networks or media's Greg Rosenthal for uh, coming up with the term trade tsunami, uh, and it's it's cool because it, I mean it's true. Like this wave of trades, it came in like crazy, and it's as a, it's a result of the salary cap continuing to bump up, um, and teams being more teams don't want to cut guys who they would have had to cut for salary cap purposes in the past, so they'd rather ride it out or just get an asset for him, and teams could take on bigger cap numbers than they could in years past. I mean, like do all the like first of all five or ten years ago. There is a zero percent chance the Steelers would have cut Antonio or traded Antonio Brown because of the cap hit. They like it, yeah. it would have been it would have been too much to deal with to lose that kind of player. Um, and, and then I think you know too like you wouldn't have seen uh, a guy like Coletti Osimile get traded. He just would have been a, a cap casualty. Hey, quickly, uh, JLC also reported that in addition to the Raiders, that the Eagles and Redskins were also in the mix for the same compensation, but they didn't want to pay the the new deal because they're not insane. Mm. Where's the best place that he could have ended up with those three teams where he would, Antonio Brown would be the 
least likely to be a huge pain in the arse. Uh, Eagles would have been the right. Best. Eagles, Eagles definitely. Guy. Yeah, because I mean, also he and also Jeffrey would complement each other really well. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is you know sort of Big Ben esque in terms of his ability to move around and, and extend plays and all that. Um, you know, if Wentz gets hurt, it would have been a problem. Uh, but you know, he was number two over there now. Do you imagine Antonio Brown in Washington, like trying to catch passes oh, from Colt McCoy or Case Keenum? That would be a disaster. It'd be hilarious. I Total disaster. I would have rather seen that than Buffalo, to be honest with you, because at least I mean I live near Buffalo and I, I can appreciate what they're going through. And, and look, good for good on the good on those teams for not paying that that salary, because like I think uh, it's insane that he is the highest paid wide receiver as a thirty. He'll be thirty one. He'll be thirty one when the season starts. And, and since his pay is so high, I think we need to get this clarified. Is his nickname? Mr. Big Chest, like he has a big chest, or is it Mr. Big Checks, like he gets high paid with checks? No, it's Mr. Big Chest, but the checks go in the little chest, like the toy chest. No, but apparently <laughs> he's got a big chest full of checks is what he there had. Uh, but apparently he was on social media. It was like using – it sounded like he was saying checks, right? Can you ask spell checks? His, his last video from Friday – it sounded like he said Mr. Big Checks. I'm sitting there like, have we been getting it wrong all this time? We just all thought it was Mr. Big Chest when it's Mr. Big Checks. <laughs> Maybe he I loves have, cereal. Checks. I might have to tweet at him on this one. We gotta get we gotta get some clarification here. We can't just keep going using the wrong nickname. Just letting A B just grind out Mr. Big Because Mr. Big Chest makes no sense, but Mr. Big Checks makes a ton of sense considering Exactly. Name. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do some investigative journalism. I'll get back to you guys for a, a Tuesday podcast. Okay. A, uh, anything else you guys want to add, um, about the Raiders, Antonio Brown, the Steelers? I mean, did we miss anything? I, you know, no, we say we all agree under eight wins. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, look, Antonio Brown is a big winner right now because he's getting paid. How much, so he's got how much, how much guaranteed money did he end, did end up flipping? All right. right? So he has thirty million in guaranteed money coming from the Raiders, and his zero coming into the season if he'd stayed in Pittsburgh. That is, a, man, that is a, God, that is a good deal for him. <laughs> no old. kidding. Drew Rosenhouse couldn't get on New NFL Network long, fast enough on Sunday. He was talking for fifteen minutes about how everything went perfectly. So he, he did say, by the way, and you guys may agree, that uh, everyone won <laughs> this trade. So that includes the Steelers. He said that. He said everybody won this trade. He didn't even laugh when he said it either. I mean, he's trying to be polite and, and help out. Um, so the Raiders will guarantee Brown $30 million and the total amount he was due to earn through 2021 increases. This is from Ryan. I'm reading Ryan's writing. From $38.9 million to $50.1 million, according to Pro Football Talk. That works out to $19.8 million annually. So he's under contract with the Oakland Raiders through 2021. And what, he's why? And by the way, and, well, think about it. And then 2020 and 2021, he's in Las Vegas. So that's going to be like getting a $3 million raise because he has to pay California's insane taxes. It's so going to be more than that because if he reaches his incentives, it's an extra $4 million, He'll be making $20.8 million on average. Well, over. if he if he hits his incentives, that's fine. Because like, I, I don't think – like if he hits the incentives, I think you're – unless the incentives are really low. I mean I assume that they're like – It's 74, 9, the incentives? That better not be. Better be higher than that. Oh, well, they gave him thirty million. It might, they might be. Did uh, did PFT report the uh, incentives? No, it was a four million trigger. I think is what Florio wrote, but uh, there were no specifics. Um, yeah, he also triggered a four million incentives. He didn't. Um, he did not include. Man, I mean, look, if he hits the incentives, you're probably feeling pretty good because presumably those incentives are high enough that nobody would be um, that nobody would be you know flipping out. I, I, 
this is this is going to go so poorly for the for the Raiders. I mean, like he's he's going to catch. Even if he catches a hundred balls and gets a thousand yards, and they go six and ten, you just paid him twenty. Well, million is it more likely? Is this team better than the team that won twelve games two years ago? Uh, why would you just pay Khalil Mack instead of Tony Brown? They sort of ran out of money because they had paid everyone else away to the last minute, and I don't think they had enough money towards the end. They got two first round picks for Khalil Mack. Like I don't think it's. It's obviously you don't want to trade a guy like that in his prime, but it's not like they got fleeced like the Steelers well, just did. Well, you can also say too that they traded. Well, Steelers him. got fleeced, but they're going to end up winning. Like, do you do you think that John Gruden ultimately with the with the way that the Amari Cooper thing played out? You know, he got a first round pick for Amari Cooper, twenty seventh. I mean, it's not a great first round pick, but he got a first round pick. And additionally, uh, you know, he ends up getting Antonio Brown and giving up a third and a fifth. I, I mean. I, I get that you. I don't like the idea that you're getting the older receiver and you're paying him all that money. But I mean, to get a first in Antonio Brown while shipping out Amari Cooper in a third and a fifth—that's pretty good by John Gruden. John Gruden is Inspector Gadget. He would be. You ever watch that show? Thirty minutes. Gadget has no idea what he's doing, but he always <laughs> solves the case. Everybody calls him a hero, and you watch for twenty-two minutes. You're like, how did he do anything? And that's where we are with Gruden. I'm just like. Why did he trade away Mac? Why did he trade away Cooper? And now he's sitting on all these first round picks with Antonio Brown with seventy million dollars in salary cap space. It's insane. And now he looks brilliant. That's a pretty good comp, John. That's but yeah, he looks brilliant now. But what's it going to look in December? Is it? Well, ask right. you, is it? Is this team better than the 20, 2017, 2017 team that won twelve games? No, twenty sixteen team. Uh, no, because well, that see, team. Had... Do they draft on defense? Because the defense is still bad. Because no one saw them winning twelve games that year either. Well, I, I wouldn't. Except for uh, <clears throat> our former boss. Yeah. Our, yeah, that's right. Our old boss, Matt Tabeek. Nailed correctly predicted uh, 12. Exact, in May. Exactly. Fine. In May. Exactly 12 wins uh, and saved himself uh, from having to purchase a large amount of chapstick. The, um, <laughs> the uh, I don't know. Look, if you look at, no, the scene is not better. Their defense stinks. I got questions about the offensive line too. So you dealing, yep. you deal Osimile. Let's not forget that this offensive line, which is the strength of the team when, when Jack Del Rio was coaching after Reggie McKenzie put it all together, fell apart when they, uh, when they turned it over to Tom Cable. Surprise, surprise. Cole. By the way, you would hear a funny story about Reggie McKenzie? As always. Of course. Oh, I know the story. John was there. So Monday after you left Brent, uh, Brenton, John and, and Dane. Left the combine. Set the combine. Yeah. We were in the hallway between uh, where the players bench press and where the, the everyone that's an, on an NFL team, employed by an NFL team, walks to Lucas Oil Stadium to watch the, the defensive backs. So we're there at 9 in the morning, and we see Reggie McKenzie walk by. We're, we're in his Raiders gear, which is sort of funny because he doesn't work for the Raiders anymore. Wait, what? What? Well, that's not the craziest part. Ten minutes later, I was like, John, look, Reggie McKenzie's back. He was wearing Dolphins gear. Wait, what? <laughs> so he – oh, my God. He went – He and, has a twin brother. Oh, it is his brother. He does have a twin brother. I was like, I did. I'd forgotten that. And John's like, he has a twin brother, dummy. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the best trick I've ever seen. He's just walking, taking laps around – the uh, convention center changes his clothes every five minutes. <laughs> Wait, well, the thing is, I didn't know, I knew he had a twin brother. I didn't know the twin brother was involved in football. So I was literally about to tweet out, I just saw Reggie McKenzie wearing a Raider shirt. Does this guy know he got fired? And then all of a sudden, thank God, the second McKenzie walked by about 10 minutes later, and we were like, okay, that explains everything. Do you know what Reggie McKenzie's brother's name is? Ronald. No, Rupert. close. Very close. Reginald. No. Nope. Oh, that'd be awesome. Raleigh. Uh, Raleigh. Raleigh McKenzie. Like, like R-O-L-L-I-E or Raleigh, North Carolina? Like, Raleigh. like Raleigh, North Carolina. Why, why, isn't it insane that you would fire somebody as a GM and then keep his twin brother as the scout, like your scout? That's a little weird, right? 
I, I obviously, yeah. I mean, like, how could the brother who Reggie not be a bitter, and how could you know rally its family share some maybe, tips? Maybe like, Reggie I wouldn't. You got to fire them both. You got to fire the whole family. Maybe <laughs> Reggie stay behind, and we don't we don't know that's Reggie. Um, I, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a switcheroo. That's what I was. I think we said that for like one second. You pull the Freaky Friday switcheroo. All of a sudden, Reggie showing up to the Raiders <laughs> and, and just totally getting some serious revenge, and the Raiders have no idea. Reggie, maybe be, Reggie was write all this deal to give Antonio Brown thirty million dollars. Yeah. Re- Reggie, co- <laughs> Reggie comes up and he's like, and he's like, "Hey man, you know who I hate John, my brother, Reggie. You want to talk? Let's talk about Reggie." He's like, "And you know who's a great player? Like, I'm scouting these guys. You know, who are great players. We should definitely draft these guys. Uh, maybe, maybe it was Raleigh McKenzie who recommended. Maybe it was Raleigh McKenzie who recommended the Antonio Brown deal hmm? and the Antonio Brown contract. Maybe that's how that played out. Um, all right." Anything else to uh, to add? Did I miss any news? We forget anything? I don't think so. No, John, Justin, I come Justin back Houston, tomorrow? I think, got cut. Ah, Justin Houston cut by the Chiefs. No surprise. I think that was expected. They were trying to trade him. Did they actually announce it, or is it just reported? Uh, I think uh, it was announced. I just saw it, because I'm going to have to write it. Um, so, I have to double-check. Yeah, I see uh, reports, but um, oh, okay. no, no actual uh, – Let's see. Uh, Ronald Darby said, I love it here. Oh, Chiefs, Chiefs announced Justin Houston's release. Okay. It's one of the best sports cities in the whole United States. So we can see Ronald Darby potentially sticking around. Um, do, 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 do. I don't think that there's, uh, there's a whole lot, uh, a whole lot more to talk about, is there? Are John and I coming back tomorrow? Is that the plan? Yes. We, you will probably be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. All right. Tomorrow. Well, listen, go and read my two round mock draft. It'll be on the site on Monday morning. Every, everybody, and send Brenton, any questions you have, you want to yell at me. Don't, t- don't tweet me. I don't want to hear them. Everybody who listens to this podcast and is still listening, go read Ryan's mock draft and then tweet him a question about the 17th no. Oh, you know, we could, you know we could talk about real quick, but it might add five minutes. Okay. Can we add five minutes or should we not add it? We got it. Was the straight-up Friday news dump of all the rule proposals. And Oh, yeah. Know, great call. Yeah. That was the most yeah, bre- yeah, the, yeah, the most breach headline of all time. Eliminating kickoffs? Question mark. The create three crazy <laughs> things to know about the NFL rule proposal. But, but well, if you're the NFL, why are you releasing that Friday night at like 8 p.m.? That didn't make any sense at all. Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? There was a ton of news on Friday that we could go over very quickly. Sorry, it, it's been a long weekend and I'd sort of forgotten about the news. Uh, Eric Weddle signed with the Rams. That's exciting. That's a good signing. I like that by the Rams. So it's probably you know, basically replacing with Marcus Joyner. Wait, did um, I talk about this? I don't remember the last time I talked to you, but our buddy Andy Benoit tweeted out. Uh, a few days ago, that twenty he talked he talked twenty four coaches, and every coach said that he was the glue, uh, Eric Weddle to that Ravens defense. I love the fact that he's. And by the way, it shouldn't take the best player in, in football, Antonio Brown, a month to get signed. It took Eric Weddle forty five minutes. That's how important he is. He's thirty three <laughs> years old. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great signing by the Rams. And if you like, you think about it too, like. He's sort of a, like a smart back end guy. He's, I think fits very well. Like it's like he can clean up the mistakes. Like when Key to leave and Marcus Peters gamble on stuff. So I think that fits uh, perfectly in, in Wade Phillips system. Eric, uh, Michael Bennett was traded to the uh, Patriots. Go ahead, Breach. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say with Weddle, how much do you think he's going to love going back to Los Angeles and just flipping the bird at Spanos and the Chargers? Because that was a bitter breakup there. So for him to end up in the same city, I think is kind of hilarious. But the Michael Bennett thing, uh, you know, that's crazy that the Patriots did that because there's some history there. Like, he got in a fight with Gronkowski at the end of Super Bowl 49. You guys remember that? Tackled Gronk. Oh, yeah. The, like, the, the ball got like, knocked away. I, I, and I think Sean, our guy, wrote about how him and Greg Sciano hate each other. Yeah. I mean, 
this is it's an interesting chemistry and obviously the Patriots can always make things work out but this is one of the riskier moves they've made as far as locker room chemistry goes you have a defense coordinator who now hates the guy you just acquired and you have a tight end who's thinking about retiring who once got in a fight at the Super Bowl with the guy you just acquired I is just better or worse than situation here's what Michael, worse than bringing in Albert Hainsworth <laughs> here's what here's what Michael Bennett said about Greg Schiano back in 2013 I think he just wants to flex his power he has small man syndrome I still talk to guys who are there trust me there's not much respect for him in that locker room awkward he just came back Shiano, a couple years ago, right? What do you mean? He, he was in college for a while. Yeah, this is what he's been said in 2013 after he left. Oh, okay, so he left and, and she came le- back. Yeah, Shiano, remember Shiano? Shiano was still the coach, I think, when Bennett left in free agency and signed with the Seahawks. Um, and then Shiano was fired, of course, amid all the like a disaster season with them. Um, and, and then, and uh, then the, the MRSA too in the locker room. The MRSA, yeah. And now there's a report too that Martellus Bennett wants to come back and play for the Patriots as well because the Bennett brothers have never played bef- together before. So that's a possibility. Martellus, of course, was on the title winning team, right? And of course, spent the last six months tweeting about smoking blunts every day. So mm. he does come back. He can probably expect a drug test or two the second random. he signs his contract. Uh, yeah, another random. Yes, random. Yeah. I think if you tweet about it, they're allowed to put you in like stage. They're allowed to test right away or test you more or something. Um, we mentioned the possibility of Odell Beckham being traded to the Browns. Turns out that was not the case. There was a Browns-Giants trade in the works, though, and the Giants um, and Browns swapped Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler. Who wins that deal, Ryan? Giants. The offensive line is crap. You get uh, a very, really good uh, offensive guard. Helps Eli. I'm rolling my eyes because I, I've had it with Eli, but he's coming back, so you might as well try to protect him. Look, I don't know what kind of trouble Odell's causing in that locker room. He hasn't been arrested. We haven't heard of him doing the things like quitting on his team like Antonio did in Week 17. I think you stay with him until it's clear that it ain't going to work because that team is already terrible, and if you lose your best player, you're not going to get better. Well, it's funny you say that, Well, because to toot my own horn here, is the guy who picked the Cowboys to win the division last season – the Giants are kind of growing on me here. Like you bring right. in the, the offensive line was easily the worst part. Like I'm giving Eli 60% of the blame for being horrible, but you can't throw the ball if you're not getting protection. And so like if they build that offensive line, we we've talked every week about the weapons, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. So they just have, they have everybody, they have a stacked offense. And if it has any protection, I could see them being like a nine or 10 win team. And sometimes in the NFC East, that's enough games to win that division. So I kind of like what the Giants are doing, except that quarterback. So they just need to get one kind of good season from Eli, and maybe they could be a threat. What if they draft uh, Dwayne Haskins? How many games do they win in that? Because I like that team a lot more than Dwayne Haskins. Is Eli the starter behind Dwayne, or is Dwayne the starter? Eli gets to start four games, and they do. <laughs> I, I think s- seven with Dwayne. I sort of think that you could make a case. Do we, do we, do we talk about this on Friday? What were we talking about the Giants? Maybe. Because somebody was tweeting me like, you don't know about giant, real Giants fans or something like that. Uh, maybe oh, like, that, yeah, no, that was a podcast because I, I didn't understand your line of reasoning either. I well, agree with that person. <laughs> but I think that this sets up like they're, they're basically, and, uh, um, I, I, I was talking about somebody, but, um, it was. Yeah, we did it early because you had to add on because of the Antonio Brown news. Remember that? No, because of the, um, Breach and I had to come back and record a separate part of a podcast. What was it? Oh, Case, uh, no, 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 it was Case Keenum's trade. Uh, oh, and okay. then we didn't, we didn't add on for Antonio Brown because it was too late. Um, and it just felt. And, and, and Wilson was ducking your text message. 
That's that's right. As he always I was does. doing I was doing HQ, thank you. Uh-huh, sure you were. At 8:30 uh, at night. But no, but the uh <laughs> like you can kind of see the Giants putting together a little bit of an offense that could feature Sam Are they better Martin. than the Eagles right now? No. Nah. Yeah. They're better than the Redskins. Good lord, I would hope so. The Redskins don't have a quarterback or wide receiver. And maybe the and maybe the Cowboys lose to Marcus Lawrence. I mean, Giants are the, could be the sneaky team, the dark horse. Eh? Um, <laughs> uh, what? Even Brenton won't get in on that. No, absolutely not. The Jaguars released Malik Jackson and Carlos Hyde. No surprise there, but you know Carlos Hyde. That was a disaster signing and a good trade by the Browns to, to get rid of him, get off the salary cap. I love Carlos Hyde going to Kansas City. By the way, yeah, he's not a bad player. I don't know why suddenly he's been traded fourteen times. He's a nice compliment for uh, Damian Williams. Like you can see him running the ball effectively in, in Andy Reid's system. I thought that was a good trade for sure. Uh, the Steelers traded Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals for a six-round pick. Uh, that's a pretty nice pickup for the Cardinals to be able to get a veteran. Huge pickup. If he's healthy, he's really good. Um, yeah. He hasn't been healthy the last few years. I, you would like to think you get more than a six-round pick for him. What did they get for uh, uh, Osimile? Uh, I did not I mean, see the term. Uh, fifth round, the Raiders. I mean, come on. The Raiders yeah. got a fifth rounder, but also sent a sixth-round pick to the Jets. Oh. Okay. Man, the Cardinals so, should have oh, gotten in on that, too. Um, and, of course, there was a headline from Friday after John Breach mentioned on our podcast, I tried, I, t- I was trying to get that Odell Beckham story written, and uh, you wrote it. Browns reportedly tried to land Odell Beckham with huge multiplayer trade that didn't impress Giants. Did that do tra- How was the traffic on that? I mean, it, it did what you would think. It wasn't It wasn't out the window. It was a Friday night. You know, Friday is the worst day for traffic. People outside the industry might not know that. So you never know what you're going to get. And the thing was – I can't pronounce her name at the NFL Network, so I don't even want to try it. Aditi, Aditi Kikabala. Yes. So, yeah. So she did an interview with uh, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, drawing some details. And, and I thought that was fascinating that they had – Zeitler was in the deal uh, and another, two other guys. Yeah, there's another player, like a defensive player, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that they offered for Odell. And, you know, basically the Giants laughed at him. And the thing is, like – that they're taking phone calls, you know, maybe you're the Browns, you say, well, we'll throw Zeit, obviously they can't now because they already traded him, Zeit, what are the Giants, but hey, we'll throw in a second round pick because Odell is such a talent that if you have their ear, maybe you stuff that offer and, and try and actually get him. Would you trade Odell Beckham for a third and a fifth round pick? <laughs> no. Ask for a friend. Not in a million years. Oh, and then finally, we didn't even talk about, we started to talk about it, but we didn't finish it with the rules changes. What should we know about the rules changes that will be proposed uh, for the at the owners meetings coming up in a few weeks, of which we will not. I will not be attending. Number one, that's sad. Bro. Me and Wilson will be there no, doing won't. this podcast. Yeah. No, we won't. We'll uh, one, I, everybody was talking about the Chiefs. They want it so both teams get a possession in overtime. But there was a second part of that. They want to get rid of overtime coin toss, and the winner of the coin toss at the beginning of the game would also get to make the decision in overtime. So that coin toss at the beginning of the game Who takes cares? on a little. Why, why does that matter? I, I don't know. Ask the Chiefs. Ask the Chiefs, Wilson. I'm not Andy Reid. Uh, and then the Broncos want to go full Alliance of American football and get rid of the onside kick and have a fourth and 15 from the 35-yard line. If you convert it, you keep possession. If you don't, then obviously the other team takes possession. So that would scrap you know the onside kick. That John is? is that John Elway doesn't have a quarterback, and he thinks fourth and 15 gives him a better chance of converting than an onside kick. <laughs> His defense, he, he's counting on them. Uh, and then a bunch of instant replay ones, the biggest one, probably Redskins. They want every play to be challengeable, which, why not, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you only get two challenges Dan, if you want to waste one. You want to laugh because it's Dan Snyder, but Bill Belichick's been saying that for six years. Yeah. Steel 
Belichick's ideas and presenting them as themselves. And so that tells you, like, the Patriots seem like they would be on board. The Redskins, that's two. You only need 24 votes, so they just need 22 more. And then there's a couple uh, just replay-related ones that are kind of mundane that we don't need to really go over. All right. Good stuff as always, fellas. Great podcast. Read a little bit long. Sorry to those who wanted to be 45 minutes. The John Breach had to get his overtime rules out there. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.